we started this year and it was really impactful for me personally. Pastor Julian declared that this is going to be a year of dreams fulfilled. That's what we've been declaring. That's what we've been saying. That's where we've been led from. And we started, Pastor Julian started preaching in a series. I've been here for 16 years now and I've never heard him preach on the life of Joseph. And that completely shifted my mind, completely shifted my expectations for the year and, and what I was looking what I was looking for from the year actually was shifted and, and transitioned because of that series. We've then recently had our Unshakable series, which I know has impacted an awful lot of people. Hands up if you've loved the Unshakable series. That was so good. That was a better response than the first service as well. So you guys, you guys are winning. And then we're currently talking about Dare to Dream in the lead up to Vision Sunday and Built to Last, Dare to Dream. Well, Pastor Julian mentioned a couple of weeks ago, if you're going to dream, dream big. And if you're going to dream big, you might as well dream bigger. Anybody remember that statement? I loved that. If you're going to dream, dream big. And if you're going to dream big, dream even bigger. And for Becky and I, as, as, as I'm hopefully going to be able to share with you uh, in the course of this, this next kind of 30 to 35 minutes, we've had a dream for a lot of our married lives. We're going to be married for 10 years in October. And for a lot of that time, thank you, thank you. For a lot of that time, we have been dreaming about things and our dreams have shifted and our dreams have progressed. And we've been looking to help people. We've been looking to help the church. We've been looking to help our neighbors and our friends and our families with our time and with our input and, and financially. And I want to ask you today, what is it that you are dreaming about? What is it that is the dream that's on your heart? Either a dream that you have felt has kind of come up over, your, over the course of your life. Perhaps it was a dream that was put there as a child. I know many people who have been children and they've seen something and it's impacted them so strongly that they've gone on to do great things as a result of it. Maybe that's your situation today and that's your dream. Or maybe you've had a dream put on your heart by God and you've got a God-given dream. Well, I want to ask you, what is your dream today? Because what I want to talk about in this Dare to Dream series, one week ahead of Vision Sunday is transitioning from the realm of dreams to the realm of reality. How we go from having a dream that's on our heart, a dream that's a passion on the inside, to walking in it and living in it and experiencing it. Anybody up for that today? I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you that you are the God of dreams. I thank you that you're the God of visions, you're the God of faith and hope. And Lord God, today I pray that I would release a word from your heart, a word that would empower people to fulfill your destiny for them. Lord God, let everything that I say come from you, and if it's not, let it fall by the side. In Jesus' name, amen. So about 10 years ago, uh, I joined university. Uh, I was a full-time university student. As most of you know, full-time university is not full-time. Uh, and I had a mortgage and a wife, so uh, yeah, so I got married as a child, basically. Um, <laughs> not quite. I met Becky as a child and then got married slightly later. I was, I was 20. I was two months away from being 21. And we, we got married, and then I went to university. And obviously, being a good husband, I thought, I've got to support my wife, got to pay the mortgage, pay the bills. And I found a job which was really, really flexible and really good. And I was very... Um, very excited. I ended up working for one of the premier landscaping and gardening companies in the south of England. It was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. I had a t-shirt tan that was killer. Um, 
I had a V-neck, I had a V-neck t-shirt, and basically if you took my top off, it was kind of there and there, and then the socks and the shorts, it was brilliant, I loved it, and I got really fit on the back of it, and I learned loads about plants, which now means I'm pretty obsessed with my garden. But I had a situation on my first day of work, um, where I was on a golf course, and we were, we were re-landscaping this beautiful golf course, and being southeast England, south London, there's a lot of clay, there's a lot of silt, there's sand, it's very, very heavy soil and it had been, it rained recently so it was quite it was saturated, it was really heavy. So we were basically digging out a whole lot of this clay, nourishing the ground and we were putting the clay in a wheelbarrow and then we'd lift the wheelbarrow onto the back of a truck that would then take it somewhere else. And I'm there with this bloke, we filled up this barrow and a barrow full of clay is no light thing, okay? So we stood there, he's opposite me and I said, right, we're going to lift this, tip it in, yep, one, two, three, and I go face first into the clay. And the reason I went face first and he didn't was because I went to lift and he didn't. And I said, what on earth are you doing? He went, oh, I'm used to lifting on four. I said, who lifts on four? It's one, two, three, lift. No one lifts on four. So point number one, when lifting a wheelbarrow. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Point number one, dreams to shift a dream. From the realm of dream to the realm of reality, dreams take unity. In everything that you're doing with your dream, do it with unity. Ephesians chapter 4 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to work, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And here we go. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. We're one body. We're called to work together as a body in unity bearing one another's burdens, weeping with one another, praying with one another, lifting each other up in faith to shift your personal dream from a place of dream to a place of reality is going to take unity. In Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 to 14, I'm going to read this here. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men, and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him, and he fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hands drop in weariness, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, and so they took a stone and they put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Aaron and Hur were the two right-hand men of Moses. They were his leaders. They were his, they were his go-to guys. And they realized during the battle that when their leader's hands dropped, they started losing. And when their hands were raised, they were winning. Can I ask you today, whose hands are you raising? 
And more than that, whose hands are you raising and lifting to see their dream fulfilled? To see their dream fulfilled. You see, Moses was the one who had the dream. He was the one that had the vision. He was there in Egypt and he said, let my people go to Pharaoh. And he saw that come to pass. And then he was the one battling and they went into the wilderness and, he's, and they fought and they came through and he said, this was Moses' vision. This wasn't Aaron's vision. This wasn't hers vision. But they came alongside him and they raised his hands and their vision came to pass because their vision will have been for their families to live a long and prosperous life. Their vision will have been to see fruitfulness and harvest come in to their situation. The Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. It says that we would ha- if we pray for our leaders, we have wisdom, we have health and we have length of days. Are you praying for your children's church leaders, for your children? Are you praying for your connect group leader? Are you praying for Pastor Julian and Pastor Sharon that we would have wealth and health and length of days? I want to encourage you with a little account. It's not going to be up on the screen and for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. But I think many of us will be aware of the account of Babel in Genesis chapter 11, if you haven't heard it. It comes from a time when Noah and the ark had happened and all of the people, all of his family, all of his tribe were starting to spread out through the earth. And they were in a vast, vast area. I mean, it's, it's kind of modern-day Turkey now, but you look at the land, you look at the landmass, it was, it was enormous. And they realized and they worked out that if they came together and worked together, they were better, they were more powerful together. And so the account in Genesis 11 talks about this, and it says that God saw what they were doing, and they, they said within Babel, they said, let us come together, let's work as one, that we may build a monument to ourselves, effectively, to our own greatness, that we would be made famous in the land. That's what they said. And it says that God and the Holy Spirit came down and they saw what they were doing and God said, they speak as one, they work as one, nothing will be impossible to them because of their unity. Just just dwell on that for a second. The God of heaven and earth has said, Nothing will be impossible to them because of their unity. That's astonishing. One translation actually says and suggests that the way they were talking, and bear in mind the landmass and how big it was, that they even spoke with one accent. You go from here, you go to Liverpool, there's some spicy accents going on up there. You go to Scotland. I'm amazed. Sally, she's just back from two weeks in Scotland. I don't know if you could understand any of them. Two whiskeys, one for me, one for him. They probably get that, but the rest of it... You get some interesting accents just within our small island of the United Kingdom. These people were speaking with one accent. That's how unified they were in their vision and their goal. Can I say it like this? Dreams take unity of mind and unity of mouth to go from being a dream to being fulfilled. If you're looking today to shift that dream, make it the one of unity of mind and unity of mouth. In CityGate, we have a clear vision. Okay, it's, it's brilliant. I'm not going to go through it, but you're going to see in the next coming weeks that we're going to have our new publication, the vision book that we have. You can still get the old copy. We've got the new one coming out. It makes it really clear who we are and where we're going and why we're going there. As a spouse, as a couple, maybe even just as a single person on your own, do you have a clear vision that you're speaking? Do you have a clear vision that you're, that you're declaring, that you're standing together? Because in James chapter 1, It says that a double-minded man is unstable in everything he does. He'll be tossed around on the ocean like a a small boat in a big storm. But single-mindedness is powerful. 
Point number one, to shift a dream from the realm of dreams to the realm of reality, it takes unity, unity of mind and unity of mouth. Okay, point number two, dreams take grit, not clay, but grit, personal grit and attitude, but also actual physical grit. Make, make your dreams as physical as you can. If you've been here for kind of, I would say, six to nine months, you would have seen out in the Connect area, we had built, Ben and, and the team had built this phenomenal model of the building that we're going to be building. We built a model to envision people. We built a model so that it took it from the realm of Pastor Julian's mind and put it down on paper and put it down on, on, in, in a physical structure so that you can see. Because as soon as you can see it, you can imagine yourself there. As soon as you can imagine yourself there, you can start talking about it and you can bring other people along. As soon as you bring other people along, it doesn't matter what's going on around you, you're living it. You're dreaming it. So you make it as physical as you can. Habakkuk said it this way in chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. He says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. That's the vision, will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, though it takes a little bit of time, there's a bit of delay, wait for it. Wait for the vision because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I love that verse. Write the vision, make it plain in order that it may be run with. Dreams in the Bible are not passive. No dream that you read about in the Bible was a passive dream. They're physical, they're active, they require determination. You look at the life of Joseph, his dream was one that was physical, his dream was one that took him across an entire nation for an entire lifetime. Moses, he had to hit the ground, he had to hit, he had to hit the sea with his staff. It was a physical dream. Caleb at 90 years old was one of the two, two of the 12 spies that had gone into the promised land and seen it. And at 90 years old, he's saying, give me the mountain. Give me the mountain. That doesn't sound to me like a passive man. That's an active, determined activity to see that dream come to pass. I want to encourage you that dreams take grit. But also we saw about the timing here. It says... The vision is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarries, though it takes a bit of time, it will come. Point number three, dreams take time. To move a dream from a place of dreamland to a place of reality takes time. Unless you are lovely and it takes five minutes. <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm preaching today. It should have been her. The Wright brothers People often say that they are the, the, the fathers of aviation. Some historians would, would, would kind of refute that, but most of you will be, a, be familiar with you know, Wilbur and his brother Orville Wright. They were the fathers of aviation. It took them three years to move from building bicycles to personal individual flight. Three years. Dyson, James Dyson, many of you will have heard of him. Many of you will have some of his products in your house, perhaps. I know I have his hairdryer and I benefit from it every day. It took him five years, 5,127 prototypes to get a product together. He built his dream, he built his vision 5,127 times. Apparently Edison took 20,000 times to make a light bulb and he said, I now know 19,999 ways not to make a light bulb for your dream. 
that may be the case, that you find many, many ways that your dream is not going to come to pass, but all that does is narrow down the ways that your dream will come to pass. For Dyson, okay, took him five years and all those prototypes. It then took him another 12 to 15 years to actually launch the project. I'll go Christian if I'm losing you. Jesus, it was 30 years plus an additional three for him. Citygate, we've been building this. Pastor Julian and Sharon have been building this for over 20 years now. We've been building momentum. We've been building strength. We've been building health. And it's taken a steadfastness. It's taken dedication. It's taken passion. It's taken, it's taken an essence of someone and, and a couple and, and people and team, building a team that are just not going to give up. But can I say this with all love and all compassion and all of Pastor Sally's, like, you know, Pastor Sharon's nice pastoralness? Just because you have a dream doesn't mean it's going to come to pass straight away. Just because you have a dream doesn't mean it's going to come to pass straight away. And if I can go one step further, just because you have a God-given dream doesn't mean it's going to come to pass straight away unless you're lovely. It's very, very easy. It's very, very easy for us to pray or to hear from God and, and, and to, to know that we've had a vision from God. Either something that's been building in us for years or something that kind of gets downloaded from heaven. You go, wow, I can see this. I can understand it. I can get my head around this. This is who I am. This is who I was called to be. This is my dream. This is my vision. And you pray about it and you say, see you tomorrow. And the dream's not there tomorrow. It's not fulfilled. And we can feel a little bit put out by that. And you can kind of go, God, did I not hear from you? God, did, did you forget to kind of send the Holy Spirit to do his thing? Like, maybe, maybe I'm on the wrong end here, but you promised. So, you know, it's easily done. I've been there. I've done that. It's, it's so easily done. But go back to Habakkuk 2. It says, though the vision tarries, wait for it. Believe it because it will surely come. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3 says, Dreams come to pass through much activity over a sustained period of time. Much activity, sustained period of time. Becky and I, when we got married uh, about 10 years ago, even before we were married, I had said to her, when we, actually when we were just friends, I don't know if this was the thing that attracted her to me, I don't know, but I said, I'm not going to be renting, okay? I'm going to buy somewhere. I mentioned before I got married as a child, um, from the age of, I would say, kind of 13 or so, I just decided, I'm not going to rent. I don't want to rent. That was a personal thing to me, okay? If your situation today is that you're in rented accommodation, that's not a problem. There's nothing wrong or right about my choice. It was just as a kind of fairly black and white kind of minded 12-year-old, 13-year-old. I just said, no, I'm not renting. I'm going to be buying something. Um, and this built, this built. I was then two months away from turning 21 when we got married. And the day after we got married, we moved in to the flat that we had bought. It took five and a half years, six years, seven years, between the ages of 12 and 20 for that dream to become a reality. It takes time. It takes a long time sometimes for these things and other times it's not so long. Fast forward now through 10 years of marriage and Becky and I have been blessed beyond, beyond comprehension actually. You know, we look at the, the story of, of where we've come from and, and what we set to do and, you know, after we had that flat, we sold it and we did rent for a bit. And that was a season. That was fine. We bought another place. Then we bought a house. 
And now in the last 10 years, our shift has gone from being a dream that's insular about saying, I don't want to rent, I want to buy somewhere, to being a dream that's saying, you know what? We've been blessed, we've been helped, we've been, we've been brought through in ways that we never imagined possible and now we want to do that for other people. So we're now so fortunate and honestly I count it a real privilege to be able to walk in the dream that we've had over this last 10 years to be able to help other people. And this last, this last two years Becky and I have been in the fortunate position to be able to gift people the deposit that they needed for their, for their places. Two, two couples. And... And, and I'm not saying, you know, we've just given, like, these both five-figure sums. The first one that God directed us to give was two weeks before we were buying our house. And we needed every single penny of the deposit money that we had. And I felt from God, I said, Beck, we've we got to do this. And she said, okay, let's do this. And so we, we, gave, we gave this money to this couple. And then a Four days before we were due to complete, the mortgage company said, we're lending you 10,000 pounds less than we were due to. So we were down a considerable amount of money and we completed and we weren't a penny short. Four days later. Four days later. Since then, we've been able to do it again and, and it's, my, it's, it's on our heart that we can do this. Can I say it like this? When you... When you, when you have a dream and it takes long enough to build that it is so in you and such a part of you, it will spill out of you. It will spill out over you and the overflow of that dream within your life will start to nourish other people's lives. Ecclesiastes 5, I've read that verse, but the whole of Ecclesiastes 5 talks about the joy of hard work, the importance of labor, of work in achieving what God has set before you to inherit. God doesn't work with laziness and apathy. He works with dreams and activity and grit. Point number four, dreams take lift. So point number one was that dreams take unity. Point number two, dreams take grit. Point number three, dreams take time. And point number four, dreams take lift. Psalms, I love this, Psalms 24, verses seven and eight says, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? It's the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. I believe that this is part literal, but I also actually believe it's part figurative, and I'll come to that in a minute. Lift your head and see the King of glory come into your dream today. You know in movies, right? When somebody gets a vision, they get an epiphany, they, you know, unless it's a horror film where they have a vision of something pretty nasty, it's very rare, very, very rare for someone to get a vision like this. Wow. Mind blown. Vision spilling over. No, they stand there and they look up. They see, they're shown something, it's a projection, it's a hologram, it's something that they see in their mind. Their head lifts up, their eyes lift up, their arms lift up, their countenance lifts up. Can I say dreams will take lift, physical and spiritual lift. If there, if there is something in your life that you're dreaming about, don't go from seeing your dream down here and looking down because I wager, and I'm not going to make a, a doctrinal thing of this, but it says here, lift your heads, lift up and see the king come in. How possible would it have been for them to see the king come into their dream if they were looking down? 
I want to encourage you today to lift your head. Lift your head and see the king of kings come into your dream. The part figurative that I was saying is that some commentaries on this verse talk about that them actually with the castle that the king was coming into, they had to take the doors off the gates. They had to take the gate off because the king and his procession were so big and so vast, there wasn't space in the doorway for the king to come in and for the king to invade the space. I want to say to you today, if you've got a dream, lift your heart, lift your hands, lift your mouth, lift your praise, lift your faith and see the king come in. See the king come into your vision today. Allow God and his vastness to invade the open space of your mind and see his dream lift your own. It's a terrible pun, I know, but the Wright brothers needed lift. Yeah, the first service didn't get that either. Okay, physics, <laughs> physics is not your strong point. Psalms 121 verses one to eight in the Amplified Version say it like this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber briefly nor sleep soundly. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in in everything that you do from this time and forever. And it starts with lift. It starts with lift. Lift up your eyes and see where your help comes from. Point number four, dreams take lift. If we can have the band up as we close. Point number five, dreams take faith. Dreams take faith. Pastor Julian often says you have to see it here before you can see it here. You have to see it in your heart. You have to see it in your faith before you can see it in the physical. And it has to become more real to you on the inside. It has to be so real on the inside that anything that you see on the outside, which says anything counterintuitive to your dream, is ignored and overlooked. You have to see it here before you see it here. You, your dream, you need to be able to touch and taste your dream before you can ever serve it as a dish that's going to nourish someone else's life. And I hope you hear my heart in this and I hope you see woven through this entirety, the entirety of this message is that dreams need to spill over. Dreams to get from a dream of just being here to a dream of reality, it needs to spill over out of your life and into the life of others. The dreams that get fulfilled the most in God's kingdom are the ones that nourish the lives of other people. The greatest dream within our church is for people to come to know God in a personal way. That's why we exist. That's why this church has been going for over 20 years. That's why we're here. That's why we serve. I'm honored that I get to serve in this church because I have a church here with a vision. I have pastors here with a vision and a dream that's bigger than themselves. It's bigger than the building. Our greatest dream is that you would come to know God in a deep and personal way. This dream takes passion. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes compassion. It takes grit, takes dedication, and it has taken time and it is building. But I want to ask you in a personal way now, do you know this God of dreams that we've been talking about? Do you know this God of dreams that we've been singing to this morning? 
I love what Tim said about it being God's best. And if it's not God's best, it's not going to end up in front of you. We know that God gave his best. His name was Jesus. And the reason he gave his best was because he has a dream and a hope that you would come to know him in a new and personal way. We're believing that many people here would become Christians and they'd have their lives turned around and they would be envisioned and empowered and given dreams that would spill over out of their lives into others. So right now in this time of reflection, I've got a team of people that are gonna help me see because of the lights, but we have dimmed them because this is personal. This is between you and God. But I wanna ask you something. I wanna ask you something that might sound a little bold. I wanna ask you something that might sound a little bit outrageous, but do you know that you know that the God of heaven, the God I was speaking about, the King of glory, who doesn't sleep, who doesn't slumber, who won't let you fail, who won't let you flounder, who won't let you slip. Do you know that he's real today? If you don't, I want to encourage you to come to know him. He sent his son Jesus to die for you because he would hope, his hope and his dream was that none would perish and he gave his best to see that dream come to pass. Perhaps it's your situation today and You don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about. Well, I'm going to introduce you in a moment. Maybe it's your situation that you did know him or you do know him, but you're not living or or acting or working in a way that that you know that he would want for your life. Are you living in God's best? Because that's what he bought and paid for. So I'm going to ask you in a minute, if your situation is that you've come far from God and you want to come back to know him, I'm going to ask you to do do the same and put your hand up. So across this auditorium, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, I want to ask you, do you know this King of glory? Do you know Jesus?